0: Betches Media presents
1: Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President You want
2: to hang out with us? You get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources There's
0: some things I just can't tell you uh, on air The Betches Sub Podcast
2: A woman's problem, if you will
1: Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman I'm Elise Morales I'm Millie Tameras and this is the Veggie Podcast, where C-SPAN meets group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Hello, gang. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever, Millie. How's your summer? You know, it's uh, turning around right
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a, a lot better. I'll just what do you mean? Oh, I
1: get to find out. <laughs> That's a thrill. That's a thrill. Did you have a good birthday?
3: Oh, yes. Yes. It was really nice. Yeah. I had, a, you know, cancer Leo. So I felt all Mm -hmm. the feelings, but still myself the center of attention.
1: You are such a cancer Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Because those are the only two I know because I'm a Leo and my fiance is a cancer and he's so caring and kind and nice. (laughs) And I just want to be the center of attention. I feel like you got (laughs) Like
4: a Millie, yeah, Millie's at the intersection of that for sure.
1: For sure. Yeah. People say cusps
3: don't exist, but I'm like, I explain think Cusps <laughs> do
4: it. that's actually, I think people who say that are really wrong. Because I know a lot of cusps. Yeah. And they're very cuspy, really.
3: Yeah. You yes. know, because people are like, oh, it's all about rising and mm-hmm. moons and shit. But I'm like, nah, man, cusp is
1: where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, considering what we let other types of like spirituality and st- people get away with just lies, for I real. think customers can exist. It's okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's a good point because everyone's like eh, astrology and it's just like, um, yeah, Mary know, was I'm-
1: a virgin. Okay. Yeah. Mary was a virgin. <laughs> more likely that the stars are going to tell me what my day is going to be like than Mary was a virgin. I think,
3: <laughs> you know, we all have our things. Sure.
1: Sorry. If you're listening, Brett, <laughs> <laughs> Happy SUNY Lee Day. This morning, SUNY Lee of the United States won gold in the individual all-around event finals at the Tokyo Olympics. The Minnesota native got her start practicing on a wooden beam her dad built for her, and she's had a rough two years. COVID shut down her gym. She broke her foot, and she lost two relatives to coronavirus. But Oh, my God. Yeah. Really rough year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. In the past year. And I'm sure a year ago, she thought she was going straight to Tokyo, but had to manage another year through all of that. And Leah is no stranger to competing under really intense circumstances. So in 2019, her dad fell, I believe, while trimming a tree and became partially paralyzed. Several days later, she medaled in the U.S. championship. um, Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, her parents also have an incredible story. They fled Laos for Thailand when they were children. They're part of the mom community in Minnesota, um, which is a pretty small community here, but it's really dominant in Minnesota. And uh, now this means American American gymnasts have won gold in the individual all-around for the last five Olympics. So an American woman was always probably going to win today. It just, people thought it would be Simone Biles, but it was Suni Lee's day. Yeah. I mean, it also, like, I just think it's so...
4: It's so funny, like all the people who have been like, whatever the the anti Simone Biles people, the people who are like she let her team down. It's like, well, sure. no, she didn't because she actually knows more about her team than you, a person who couldn't even name Suni Lee two days ago, <laughs> right. and like she knew that there was someone there who had the talent and the skill and the ability to step up for her. And I saw, I, I, I just saw a thread on Twitter, but there was another Olympian who had stepped down from her event in the past who came out and was like, I wanted to give it to my teammate. It's part of teamwork to step Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I'm not at my best, but you know, who is the girl next to me? Mm. Yeah. Like,
3: Yeah. And, um, it was so nice to see, like, there's that video of her, like, you know, community, um, I'm going to say, I've heard mom, mom. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. The mom community, like all watching it together. And like, they were just so excited and it's just like, yeah, like just, I think it's very mature and, you know, just to be like, take a step back, but it's also like, yeah. And now it's like this, this girl's time is shine. And like, her family history is is pretty, like, you know, not complicated, but, like, you know, it's a lot, you know, re- being refugees and all that stuff, like, it's just such a great American story, mm-hmm. you know, like, when people talk about, like, what it is to be all American, like, it's that, you know, like, and having your whole community support you and still, like, transcending and whatever, like, that's still the American dream that everyone talks about,
1: but yeah. That is so lovely. That is so (laughs) lovely. And She is the first Asian American person to, to win, which is incredible. And I was reading about her this morning. Gymnastics is super expensive, especially when you get to the higher levels. So Mm -hmm. like her family has like had to fight and work to keep her in it and to see it all pay off was like incredible. I think it was, I mean, it would have been amazing to see Simone win, but this outcome is incredible and it's true it's like if Americans keep winning nobody's gonna remember if like Simone Biles was it twice or if it was Simone Biles and then Sydney Lee like if what you're concerned about is just an American winning streak you're always gonna get it apparently yeah
4: yeah I mean we got we've got great little flipping girls <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: We got the best ones. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, they've had to put up with a lot. So yet, yeah, we reacted to Simone Biles originally deciding to sit out the team final for a medical issue. When we talked about it Tuesday, it had kind of like just happened and it was pretty clear it was for more than um, a physical injury. Um, but since then, she's made increasingly clear that it's her mental, not her physical health that's prohibiting her from competing. And as we said on Tuesday, it's just very dangerous to do that if your head is not in it. She has since said that she has the twisties, uh, which gymnasts recognize and sound bloody terrifying. Oh, my I read a description of
4: the twisties you read the this Twitter morning. Yeah. yeah, the Twitter thread where like a diver slash gymnast was describing yeah. like what happens it truly scared me but it's basically I mean my understanding is that it's where you like lose uh you lose your like mental perception of where you're at in the trick and Mm. so you don't know what to do or how close you are to the ground or
1: when you need to Mm. do what you're supposed to do to safely land your body and then that triggers like my understanding like it happening again and again because you just completely lose your confidence like oh my yeah. god how did I I mean I feel like that happens to me like I'll leave something in the wrong place like I feel like I understand the neurological <laughs> issue it's yeah less consequences
4: but that I feel like that's why the description really got to me because <laughs> the, the way this person on Twitter described it is that it's as if you're like driving a car and then suddenly in the middle of driving you lose all your muscle memory of like what driving a car is supposed to feel like and like like how the wheel feels and how your gas, mm-hmm. like how, how much to push on the gas and how much not, and like how scary and dangerous and disorienting that would be. And I was just like, that's a really good description. And that sounds really scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
3: In, um in Ted Lasso, like season two, episode one, mm-hmm. they, they talked about like the yips, which is oh, yes. what other, what other athletes face, like what you call the twisties in other sports. And yeah, like mm-hmm. it was, it's so crazy. Like, That episode just came out last week, but it was literally like this one guy like (laughs) hit a dog and killed it and then couldn't play soccer. And he was like the best player on the team. So he had to go to a psychologist to get that like worked out and stuff. And and yeah, like for that, you know, I mean, it's just like having so much compassion. And it's just like it's dangerous. It's actually dangerous for her. It's like life threatening to be flipping and not being aware of how far the ground is and all that stuff. Like, and yeah, like she's made tough calls in her life before. Um, You know, like she's, people are just like, you know, people are never going to be happy, you know, like you are just like, Oh, she should have pushed through it. But it's like, if she's making the call that she's not in a mentally good place, like that's actually super mature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's actually, that speaks so well of her and like how serious she takes her sport and her, like, you know, and other people probably have been pressured in the past to like push through it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that was the best thing for them, for the sport and for their life, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, um, Dominique, I think it's Monsonu, Monsonu, I can't, I don't, I didn't retain it, but um, she like shared a video of her competing and maybe it was like 92 or 96 where she's on the beam. She has, fully smashes her head, fully smashes her head into the beam, gets back up. And then she just, she was like, yeah, they, I had to do floor after this. And I wish I hadn't like what Simone is doing is something that we never could have done. And, but that's like, that's the point. I mean, something funny I saw, obviously insufferable white men have been reacting negatively and irrelevantly to this. um, men who couldn't
4: walk up a hill.
1: Like, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> dudes who like, literally, uh, I can't even, <laughs> I know, I know. Absolutely. Charlie Kirk, Pierce Morgan. I mean, I think they're starting, they're try- trying to make a brand out of this for themselves. So yeah. we don't need to indulge it too much. But one thing that was funny is that Matt Walsh likened it. Did, he was like, what Simone Biles did is uh, as if Michael Jordan left the NBA finals in game seven, which Michael Jordan did not do specifically that, but he did retire in his twenties weeks before uh, a season in 1993, because of mental health reasons, his father had just been murdered.
4: Yeah. And
1: that obviously is a, is some heavy shit. So he, he quit on his entire team for mental health reasons. So that wasn't really a great comparison. Obviously uh, he came back. And then of course we've seen other people compare it to Carrie Strug who also competed with, with serious injuries, but, um, Yeah. I don't think I I've overwhelmingly seen people supportive of her and positive. And I, I feel like it could make, I mean, just just imagine if more NFL players felt like Um, they could say no. um, And I feel like Naomi and Simone are creating a path for that. Also if,
4: Michael Jordan was going into Game Seven, and he was like, "I actually think if I play this game, I might snap my neck and paralyze my body." I would yeah. be like, "Well, I guess you can't play." Like, I guess Michael Jordan can't play in Game Seven because he might snap his neck and paralyze his
1: body. Like, and half of these half of these people commentating like they don't go to golf if they have a sore, or, or like, yeah, they
3: don't do anything. And I think that Simone is teaching a lesson that I just didn't like is an example of a lesson that I just personally just to tie it back to myself because that is the Leo part of me (laughs) um, (laughs) but it's this lesson that I didn't really uh, like it's like the power and of saying no and like how to be comfortable with with disappointing people like like that that is just a part of life and you're going to have to do it if you if you take care of yourself people are going to be disappointed you know um and like of course there's ways like to not be you know whatever but for the most part yeah you're going to disappoint people and i think that especially for women like you know we condition ourselves you know and and like society conditions us to like fucking feel bad and like Saying no is the worst thing, and like you can't do it. And i just so. It's just like no, we need to get more comfortable with like putting our boundaries up and all that stuff. And then second of all, after the what the U.S. Olympics like fucking did, you, not U.S. Olympics, U.S. Gymnastics. gymnastics, like where you know with all that Larry Nassar shit, yeah, like they cannot be demanding anything of these athletes. You know? <laughs>
4: no, absolutely not. Simone could just be like, <laughs> I'm sick. And they'd have to do, oh,
1: not that like, no. fuck you. Yeah. I feel like after Naomi Osaka came forward and people saw that like consumers, which is just people like companies to see us as consumers had such a positive reaction to that, that this time it was just like a race for brands to be like, we support Simone Biles, just like irrelevant, but I was like, Costco's tweeting, go Simone. Just everybody wants in on a, on the moment she's, she's creating, but it's also I think more like women and girls need to see that you don't know how much support you actually have until you do say no. And like her teammates, I mean, I heard they were like, no, I like, you're, you're fine. You can do it. But not because they were like, oh no, we're not going to get gold. They immediately warmed up and they, they handled it. Like, I'm sure we can all think of times where we didn't think we could take days off, but it's like, until you ask for help, you're not going to know that you actually have people around you that are like, it's fine. And you're just going to spiral and put, make everything worse. So I think it's a really important thing to say, like, just, just try it. Just try saying no once. And you might be surprised.
3: And they also like fucking train for this. Like, you don't think they have a million (laughs) contingency plans for like, if Simone can't, if this person can't, like getting injured is a real reality in gymnastics, it's not like she left them hanging and they had no other alternative. The alternative yeah, like, fucking got
1: gold. Like I know exactly. It seems good. like the alternative was just fine. Like, yes. <laughs> the woman that got to compete in her place today got eighth. And even if you don't medal, to be in the top ten is incredible. And also, there was something really funky going on with the beam this morning. I am I'm a new a new gymnastics cons- conspiracy theorist because they were all falling. Oh, mm. interesting.
4: See, yeah. I haven't. This is, like, I, I think I said this when we were talking on Tuesday, but this is the Clips Olympics for me because I cannot figure out for the life of me when shit's on. Yeah, We got an international dateline issue that's getting me confused. Yeah. They're like, yeah. this happened Thursday. I'm like, it is Thursday. And then I get confused. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> I know. I know.
1: And it's like in the middle of the day, we're, like, waiting for statements from Simone Biles. and it's like, Yeah, I just
4: check in in the morning and I watch
3: my little Clips and (laughs) see what people are saying. Yeah, Japan's like 13 hours ahead or 12 hours ahead. So that's rough. I feel like
1: that could not, that's literally like the worst. (laughs) It could not be worse. It confuses me
4: a lot. uh, And I understand that I'm sure in Japan they deal with this very often in the opposite direction, but I am struggling.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you worked for, did you have to have meetings at like really weird times when you worked for a Japanese company? No, 8
3: p.m., 8 p.m. or oh, 8 a.m. No, it was not great. Um, yeah, it sucked.
1: Yeah. How many times? How many times have you been there?
3: To Japan, six times. Whoa. Um, so cool. Yeah. So two, one for study abroad, one for visiting, and four for work. Got it. But definitely, I want to go back, like yeah. just to visit. But yeah, like it is just the complete opposite schedule. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. it. Real.
2: healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too.
1: Tokyo's government yesterday marked a record number of new cases in the city, breaking right. their previous record from the day before. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's always like that, where it's like, it, I, that's the way it always is with COVID. It's like, <laughs> and the previous record from five
4: hours ago. I, um, <laughs>
1: climate change used to be a little more, don't come at, go, don't come from me. It, it used to be a little more exciting because it would be <laughs> like, this breaks the record that was set in 1910. And now it's yeah. like, this breaks the record set in 20. 20- Twenty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's I literally when I'm in the newsletter, they're like,
4: Portland just shattered its previous record from yesterday.
3: <laughs> like, oh my God. And
1: I'm just like, OK, well, this is horrible. Yeah. Officials are saying that, you know, I don't know how they track this, but officials are saying that they're fairly confident that cases from within the Olympic Village and just Olympic activities are not causing the surge within Tokyo. I think they were having rising cases before this, but like, I really don't know how you're going to, how you claim that the Olympics has nothing to do with it. Another, uh, U S Olympian tested positive this morning, U S pole vault champion, Sam Kendricks, this caused chaos. So Sam Kendricks, he was like widely expected to win gold. His dad apparently like tweeted or posted on Instagram in the middle of the night, like, Oh, son has COVID too bad. And then, uh, the chaos because track is actually the biggest event. Yeah. Chaos everywhere. There are 2000 track athletes and I'm not sure how many practice spaces there are, but these people are are interacting. There's no way that you can't. So this caused chaos overnight. I don't know who told uh, his dad to take the post down, but he did it. It mysteriously disappeared. Um, And then basically they threw the entire Australian team into quarantine. Mm-hmm. because they were hanging out with him. I haven't seen this, but his wife, her name's Emma Coburn, is also competing in Tokyo. She's a track athlete. I haven't seen whether she's been tested. I don't know if they were separated. Uh, according to the Associated Press, this is a quote, it's not clear whether the Oxford, Mississippi native has been vaccinated. <laughs> Every yeah, outlet is sure pro. to note that he is from Mississippi. He. I don't want to speculate, but he also yeah. just posted a statement, and he is clearly furious. He's like, I don't understand I tested positive 10 days ago and uh, he's mad, but he says, the tested, won't negative. Let him. tested negative. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, it was, so I sent that quote to Amanda when I was like reading about this for the newsletter this morning. And so it funny. just made me laugh because there's really no reason to mention he's from <laughs> Mississippi in the sentence other than to just kind of be like, Oh, we're saying, is that we don't know if he's vaccinated and he's from Mississippi. That's all we're saying. We're not making any speculations about this man or his beliefs. We're just saying we don't know if he's vaccinated and he's from Mississippi. I
1: actually wrote this outline <laughs> as if he was not and then had to remind myself, like, I oh, mean, are you straight up speculating based on your assumptions on everything about him? Well, You're profiling so- him.
3: No, it's not profiling. It's like, what is the vaccination rate in Mississippi? Exactly. It's like it's 35%. Like 35%, like, you know, Ten, yeah. Three out of 10 people are vaccinated. Like it's the, he's a higher chance of being unvaccinated than vaccinated. Yes. I stand by y'all your assumptions.
1: Okay. Good. I, what I will
4: say is it would be very on brand for America to have more vaccines than anybody, but also send an unvaccinated guy <laughs> to the Olympics who then gets COVID and the entire Australian track team has to quarantine and 2000 athletes are like, that is very <laughs> actually on brand for yeah. us to do to the, everyone else.
1: Have you guys seen the tweets that are like, how did we not, <laughs> how did America not win gold in all of the shooting events? What, I was surprised. Our most. We got the most gold. We got gold. the most. And then I saw a terrible reply of the one that we didn't win where the person said, because it wasn't in a high school.
3: Oh, Which made me feel
1: bad. That made me feel bad. But, you know, real. It's real. But another thing about Kendrick's uh, worth noting is that um, he became noted in 20- at the 2016 Olympics because as he was running to do his pole vault, they started playing the American national anthem somewhere else in the stadium. And this was so overcome that he just like stopped and marveled at it.
3: Okay, so he's unvaccinated?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm just like, I'm just gonna let that sit.
4: (laughs) I'm just gonna let that sit. Yeah. That's just, again... All we're saying is we don't know if he's vaccinated. He's from Mississippi. And one time he was so moved by the national anthem, he stopped what he was doing and sort of stood in awe. And that's- Yeah, I also, yeah. I
1: mean, Coco Gauff <laughs> hasn't said if she is, and people speculate that she hasn't, but I was saying this to Elise this morning. was 14 or 15. That's true. Yeah, she's she's pretty young. Don't take this the wrong way. But if, if there are any, like the type of people that won't take the vaccine are like, oh, it's going to impact my health. Like it's bad. They're, they're like wellness fitness types that won't do it. The only people whose reasoning, I will, I don't think it's okay. Olympians don't get the vaccine, but like people, I don't care about like Joe Schmo who's listening to Joe Rogan and is like, well, I want to bench more. So I can't take the vaccine. But if you've been training for five years, again, I don't think it's a good excuse, but I can track those people's reasoning why they would decide why they would more easily fall into those like conspiracy traps because they're like, oh my god, what if something happens and I've been training five years? Yeah.
4: What if I get magnetized and then I stick to the balance beam and I can't do my jumps? Oh I yeah, well,
1: well, <laughs> I'm being too generous towards them. No, no, I get what you're no, saying, no,
3: no, no. But also, it's like, oh, I can't afford to take four days off, like to recover. Maybe yeah. even two, because my like training schedule is so. Like I'm sure these people were not trained. Or their coaches? All yeah. You know, so they have to make up for lost time. But with the Coco Goff thing, I feel like she's under 16, if not 16. And you know, in you know, her defense, if she's not clear. Yeah, she's 17, right? Oh, she's 17 right now. Okay, well, yeah, those yeah. well then never mind. Cuz I thought <laughs> I thought she was like fifteen, but and no, she, she might was, be. She might be. She was fifteen when I saw her in twenty nineteen, and that was like. <laughs> and that amazing. means that
4: she's fifteen today. <laughs> I don't know.
3: I just remember she was so young, but I'm like Millie. That was like two years ago. Twenty nineteen <laughs> was two years ago.
1: Well, I mean, the past year and a half didn't exist. It did something weird to time. I just think that athletes, like, if you were vaccinated, I think you would say that. So I am a little sus of the ones that won't that won't say whether they are and, and Coco, I mean, she didn't go, so she didn't get anybody sick, but yeah, look at this guy's statement. He's uh, he's furious that they kicked him out. He's like, he was like, Tokyo says I can't, I have no recourse, even though I tested negative 10 days ago. I don't know. We'll see. Wait, but
4: what, it doesn't matter. It means you got COVID in the intermittent 10 days. It's exactly. not that hard to understand. <laughs> You can get it anytime.
3: Every detail is making it very clear. That yeah. This guy is not vaccinated.
1: Last detail, he opens his statement where he goes, Hi, Sam Kendricks here, two-time world champion. And not, then vaccinated. He explains
3: what happened. not vaccinated. Not <laughs> vaccinated. We're just
1: presenting
4: the information. Just presenting just the information. We're just presenting the information and saying that we don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I feel like, yeah. It, yeah, that's crazy that you're an Olympian and unvaccinated. I feel like the the other group of people which I see more like like my family and friends in Florida, they're all like, oh, um, first of all, personally, if you vape, you can't try to be like, what's in the back Because you. Yeah, you don't know what the nasty. fuck is in vapes. But yeah, I digress. <laughs> but the thing that the thing it's just so crazy because the thing that I the sentiment I see is like. Well, we're not going to get vaccinated unless it's required, like unless it's stopping them from doing shit, they're not going to get vaccinated because it's for old people like that's That's a sentiment that I see a lot. But then on the flip side, if they do require it, people are going to be like, well, this country, what the fuck? Free country, you know, all this shit. So it's just like right now, it's like uh, you if you get vaccinated in New York City right now, you get one hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Like I mean, we Olympics. talked
1: yesterday on the show about how low some of the pockets of New York are, especially like city workers. Like the Department of Corrections is at like 33% or something absolutely insane. And I think that's why, I mean, the reason I mentioned, like, I could I don't sympathize or empathize with Olympians, but I can
3: Understand. more clearly
1: see why they would be worried. So that's an excellent reason to make it mandatory
3: for yeah. the Olympics, yeah.
1: or at least for like United States. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
4: be like, hey, the U.S. has all the vaccines. You have to send vaccinated athletes. Yeah. If I were in Tokyo, I wouldn't want to come back. Or you can give the rest of us your fucking vaccines and we'll vaccinate our athletes and your athletes can be vectors onto
1: themselves.
3: Yeah. Geez, so right. Every
1: American should have been given two vaccines. And it's like you take them or you give them to somebody that wants them.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We should have, pa- we should have passed some along. Yes. Yeah. For every unvaccinated athlete that we wanted to bring, we should have vaccinated someone else's athlete.
1: Well, they're throwing away vaccines. in some of these the states; they're expiring. Well, give me one. We're gonna need a third. I'll just jab
4: me. That's also true. I'm like, whatever. Give me another one.
3: Yeah.
0: No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem. With more meat, that's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com.
1: Let's touch on some other big pop culture news this week. A little bit of a turn. So, rapper DaBaby. <laughs> Love hearing yeah. you say that. Good. Is facing widespread criticism from celebrities and activists for comments he made about people living with HIV AIDS and gay people. At the Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami, he asked people to shine their cell phone flashlights if they, quote, didn't show up today with HIV AIDS any of them sexually transmitted diseases that will make you die in two to three weeks. <laughs> to, to clarify, AIDS does not make you die in two to three weeks. That's wrong and bad. I
4: There's this a strange announcement. I don't understand why. <laughs> Put your
1: hands in the air if you don't <laughs> have AIDS. <laughs> Put your hands in the air
4: if you don't have HIV or AIDS
1: or any STDs or yeah, or you're not going to die in three weeks. He also made other crude comments. I don't know what prompted them. Is he just so homophobic that he just says that at unsolicited? I guess. I think he was like trying
3: to be funny, Ah. like, or you know, you know, like, oh, if you got to, if you don't got a man, raise your hand or like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I'm like.
1: Context. That's that's like
3: what I was got out of that. Well, he was trying to be like. Raise your hand if you if you got twenty dollars in your pocket, or, you know, like yeah. how rappers do. Yeah. And I think he was trying to be funny and then be like, if you don't get any of that age shit, raise. Mm-hmm. And it, it just felt flat. And really? just like, first of all, <laughs> not even in Philadelphia, the, the movie. Like, did Tom Hanks die in two weeks? Yeah,
4: but, he did a whole court proceeding. Yeah, he, he was did, really like, sick. At
1: least they have to have such an advanced form uh, I don't know I'm not a doctor epidemiologist but you'd have to have such an advanced form of like syphilis to die in two to three weeks but I mean that the misinformation is what come goes into homophobia which is why it's so fucked up
3: yeah and um and yeah it just like just felt flat and instead of being like yo my bad it was out you know whatever he just doubled down and you know with and like the other controversy was that he also like brought out Tory Lanes after you know all the Meg the Stallion stuff. So it's just mm. like, so you're just a fucking asshole. And right now, like, I mean, he posted like something which is like, don't fight hate with hate. Blah blah blah. And there's some other rappers that are like, oh, um, if Lil Nas X gets to be whatever, then Guess. the baby can. And it's just like. It just goes to show like these men, like they, it's just like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be the, you know, they want to say whatever they want and then they don't want you to be mad at them. So it's like, it's not even that they feel bad about you about what they said or having reflection. They just like, don't want you to be mad at them. And it's like, no, it's there. Right. Like, just like when little Nas X does his gay shit quote unquote, People are like, this is disgusting, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's their choice to not listen to his music because he's gay. It's a, you know, it's a choice I don't agree with and it's dumb, but it's the same thing of like, yeah, if you hate gay people, then Dua Lipa doesn't want to fucking associate with you because they play fucking levitating and don't start now at every gay club every two minutes. And it's like, Elton John is like, you know, fucking entitled to be like, you suck. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, It's the same thing with Shane Gillis. The same thing with all these people. Yeah,
4: I was about to say it's the same in comedy with these like comedy bros and you
1: know whatever. Like, and Shane Gillis was the one who made anti Asian comments and got fired. Jokes, they weren't jokes, but they literally were like they were comments. Comments. (laughs) Like literally the best. (laughs) They were comments,
3: and then he got fired before he even started at SNL.
4: Yeah, and like these are the same people who are like you should be able to say whatever you want yeah but also s n l can't not like it and fire you, like they can't say, Oh, you said whatever you wanted, and we actually don't agree or we don't like right. you or we don't like there it's it's they have an anger towards consequences as yeah. well, like they yeah. think that they should be able to say whatever they want with zero consequences,
3: yeah, and yeah it's it's the same thing where it's just like, yeah, you you have to make a choice right you can be the guy who says whatever they want and Mm -hmm. tells it like it is and keeps it real and is edgy or you can be the person that makes money because and those things and like even even like the conversation even with azalea banks is a great example of someone who i personally feel like is super fucking talented and makes great music but is fucking crazy and like says even and like even half of the shit that she says, like, sometimes you're like, oh, she has a point, but like, <laughs> like seriously, but it's just like still. And I mean, and I mean, I think as an artist, fucking I deal with that all the time. I'm sure at least deals with that of like, yeah, like I have an opinion on this stuff, but I want to keep working. So I have to keep it to myself. And it's the same thing with these guys. With It's just like, they're angry that they have an opinion. They get to express it, but then also they have consequences.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's like they always claim like free speech, First Amendment, but the First Amendment doesn't say that you get to be a famous rapper, no matter what you say. It doesn't say you get to be on SNL.
4: Right. It just says you can't be
1: arrested. Like you cannot
4: be arrested and taken to jail for stupid stuff you say, but it doesn't say that no one can call you an asshole.
1: And now you look like an (laughs) asshole. You have Elton John and like every other activist sharing information about HIV AIDS and all of the stuff that he got wrong about it. And So I wanted to bring up this story in the context of another really difficult story this week. This all happened the same week that Ed Buck was convicted of charges that he injected gay men, most of them black, with methamphetamine in exchange for sex, which led to at least two deaths and other overdoses. He was charged with a total of nine felony counts, and um, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but I'm pretty sure that means you're not getting out, hopefully. So prosecutors say that buck exploited vulnerable men most of them black some of them sex workers by paying them to come to his home to use drugs and have sex he'd reportedly been doing this for many years mm-hmm. he's hurt many more men than he's being held accountable for mm-hmm. but he's a yeah. wealthy and popular democratic donor who's big in gay rights spaces and mm-hmm. animal rights spaces uh, donated to people and this is likely what prevented him from being held accountable for many years In 2017, family members advocated for her arrest after the death of 26-year-old Jamel Moore. That was four years ago to the day yesterday. So Mm. Buck was convicted on the anniversary. But Buck wasn't arrested until 2019 after another man died with him. Mm. So Jamel, whose friends called him Jules, he kept a journal of his experiences being abused by Buck He wrote that he had never touched meth before meeting Buck who would Mm. inject black men. This has been described as a fetish. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird to attach fetish to when people die, but that is what it was. And in the journal entries, they're so hard to read, but more just desperately wanted to overcome the cycle of addiction and writes that Buck basically forced him into it. He had never tried meth before. And he wrote, I am not the same person I was born to be. So I wanted to bring this up in the context of DaBaby's comments, because I'm wondering, you know, do these reflect the same, like, dehumanization of gay Black men that allowed Buck and I'm sure others out there to victimize people over and over again? Are there parallels here?
3: Yeah, I feel like, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, R. Kelly, of, like, how he was able to get away for so long, get away with it for so long because it was Black women victims, you know, or, like, Uh like and it was like a big open secret that he did that but you know that he would go to the middle school mcdonald's like you know to like hang out and try to get girl, you know same thing so yeah i i, I do wonder and i mean i think i think that like it's a good connection or not a good connection but like it, it is a really strong connection because like People are like, who cares about what baby says or who cares? But like, these are the consequences of like letting that speech go for so long is that when people are harmed in the community, uh, in that community, it's not taken as seriously because it's they're not human beings and it's OK, you know. And I mean, like, that's the whole argument. I mean, that's what people were trying to say with like Kevin Hart, like, saying that if his son was gay, he would smash a dollhouse or some shit like that. It's just like, yeah, when you make it okay or when you say comments that like normalize abusing Mm -hmm. gay people, trans people, women, um, when you degrade women in the stuff, when you do this, when you do that, like the effects are like you're normalizing it and then we don't care as much, you know, like and it just like whatever, you know, those are the real effects. So, yeah, I think you're totally on, on the nose here of like, that is why, you know, people are like, what the fuck the baby? Like, you know, you can't say shit like that because people like Ed Buck can like fucking terrorize black men for years. And it, and it was really, you know, I was watching that news story and paying attention to it in 2017, in 2016. And like, that guy's family were, like, protesting, like, every weekend, like, it took a lot, a lot, a lot to get that man charged, and, like, Ed Buck's, like, a huge Hillary Clinton supporter, Mm -hmm. and, like, huge, you know, California Democrats, you know, yeah, and it's crazy, because he's a
4: serial killer, Like, like, he's literally a serial killer, who has been donating, and, like, whining, and dining, in like, top Democratic circles for a long time, and, like, That's something people need to reckon with the same way people who were are on the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs need to reckon with that. Mm. Like, who is this guy? Why? Like,
1: nobody knew anything
4: weird was going on with this guy who's a serial killer
1: killing people. And it's in L.A., which is run by Democrats. So I want to know why prosecutors didn't the day they found Jules dead and the document saying that this man addicted him to meth. Why? I mean, do I even have to say had it been? a white woman or two white women in a row? Like, I mean, maybe had they been sex workers, but
4: well, that's another thing that I think is an element here is like, you know, the way we treat people with addiction and Uh all of that. Like once you get, you know, he gets a gay black man addicted to meth, like the cops are never going to listen to that person. And they're never going to give like Like now the barrier for that person to be paid attention to by the police or by authorities or have anything happen upon their death, other than someone being like, well, he was addicted to meth. And I asked his friends and he was addicted to meth. Like there's also something really calculated about rendering these people, quote unquote, addicts.
1: And Mm. then
4: doing this to them. And then they die of
1: overdoses.
4: Yeah, they die of an overdose, quote unquote. And they're like at the bottom rung of society because how we treat people who are struggling with addiction and how we treat gay people and how we treat people of color. So it's like, not only did he choose marginalized people, but he Mm. made sure to further add another marginalized class on top of that to victimize them.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's like Jeffrey Epstein would pick girls who came from difficult homes. Mm -hmm. Like- you know, as victims, like these people know how to choose victims, you know? And yeah, I think the same thing of like, it's like, if we don't normalize, it's just, I'm sure these Democrats are like, oh yeah, Ed's doing his weird gay thing. That's just what he does. He always has gay, like black guys around him, like whatever, let's not pay too much attention. It's like, yeah, when you don't normalize, like what it means like to be homosexual or like being gay relationship even be like in gay casual things or like understanding power dynamics and stuff it's like yeah no it is weird like I don't know if I had a friend who was in his 50s or 60s and he's like around 20 year old like black guys all the time I would kind of ask some questions of like dude what the fuck is happening
4: yeah yeah yeah, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, like what's <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, with all and... these guys? These young men.
1: Right. That's why I struggle with it being described so frequently as like a fetish because I feel like that takes him off the hook. It's like, oh, his fetish happened to be finding the most marginalized people, making them more marginalized so that he would never be held accountable. Like that's intentional. <laughs> like yeah, you weren't yeah. just like I have a fetish, I can't help myself. I Wait, right, like did Ted Bundy have a fetish? Is that what we're yeah. saying? Like I, mean, I guess people say pedophilia is a fetish, but it's yeah. like I, I, I just think that some like a racist, it's like, no, this is a meticulous, like, he seemed to know exactly all those things you just said that nobody would look for them. And thank God this mother did. And for four years now has been insisting and in holding that he be charged.
3: I think like the fetish thing comes from like, again, from reading other things in his diary of like, mm. I don't know if he right. like, intentionally or not to like defend ed buck but like i don't think his fetish was to watch them die but i think it's this thing yeah, of right. like create dependency like g- get them hooked to this certain lifestyle and like only i can provide that i mean that's some sick yeah. sociopathic shit but it's also like i feel like that was more his his fetish and is like what he was into was like getting these guys dependent and like showing them and all this stuff And, like, getting them to, like, where they can't fucking leave him, you know? Actually, like, health, like, they can't walk away because they need more meth, you know? Like, that is more what he gets off on than, like, you know, wear a nurse costume or something, you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Like, which is sick. That makes a lot of sense. Like, his fetish was, like, the dependency and the power dynamic and the way he went about it was just in the most, like, cruel just cynical way possible. Terrible. Well, we await a more sincere apology from Debaby. Baby. Hopefully somebody sits him down today and tells him about Ed Buck.
3: Yeah, maybe it's the Depublicist, right? <laughs> That's the joke.
1: I hope so. I hope you so thank you guys for this conversation. That's our show today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Elise Ramirez. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast.